through Kirk's words now in Jesus' name. Amen. Excellent. Thanks, Scott. Well, good morning, everyone. How, 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 um, wow. I mean, a lot happens in 24 hours in a life, doesn't it? And in a nation. And in a nation. There's a big shift on right now. And so we just pray, like we've already prayed. And I, I really want to esteem, like, what Scott just invited us all into that this, this idea of, um, bringing those who are in leadership in our country that have got influence and have got positions of um, responsibility. To th- th- This isn't just a little thing that we pray once, that actually this is a commission for the people of Jesus in the earth, that, 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 that we as Jesus people have been commissioned to carry this thing in our heart and in our lifestyle that is constantly giving itself to esteeming those who have any sense of influence or responsibility or power to make decisions that will affect the well-being of a nation. That We've been called by Jesus to walk in the reality of that, in the power of the Holy Spirit, not just once, not just for in a moment, but as a lifestyle. This, this stuff's meant to carry, like, just here, right here in our heart and in our chest. And we carry this before the Lord. And, and, and as the Spirit of the Lord is upon us to bring good news to our country, as good news kingdom people, the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. So we carry this thing right here, right here. And I want to encourage you, pay attention to that. Each and every day, whether those that are in um, places of politics and power and influence are there, whether we voted for them or not, they're there. They're there. They've been placed there by the will of the people of a, of a nation. And so that's this is our commission now. It's not to step back. It's not to step away. It's to step toward with the commission of the kingdom of God. You, you, you're hearing me? You're hearing me? Whether they're of the colour that you voted or not. Are you hearing me? We are of the people of Jesus. We bring the spirit of the kingdom of God into the earth as it is in the heavens. This is our commission. And this is what it means to love God and love those who are in, in places of leadership in our land is to esteem them. So listen for this every day. As much as you're esteeming God for your own self, esteem him for the, peop- for the people that we have um, asked to be in power. All righties. Um, it's, it's, a, um, it's a really important thing that at a time like this, we are engaged with what God is doing in the world. As much as he's engaged with us as taking out the rubbish, like I was talking about last weekend, taking the rubbish to the curb, God is with us. God is also with us as we are now electing new leaders to lead us. God is with us. He hasn't abandoned us. He hasn't left us. And let me just say one other thing. In Acts, at the moment of Pentecost, the heavens were opened 
and the Spirit was poured out. And the Spirit has not stopped being poured out from that moment to this. We're not looking for a silver bullet to solve the ills of a nation. We're not looking for a moment or a spiritual guru or anything else. We have been invited to step into wholeheartedly what God has already started and is already doing. Are you hearing me? The Spirit of the Lord is being poured out on all flesh, daughters, sons, old, young, slave and free. God is pouring out His Spirit. He has always been pouring out His Spirit since Pentecost and He continues to do that. And it's our, again, it's the people of Jesus who carry this. We're the ones who've been authorized to carry this story into how we live out every day. So I'm, I'm going to ask you, would you please not look for a revival, but would you please partner with what God is already doing to pour out His Spirit on all flesh that we might partner with Him to see His kingdom come? Hello? Hello? We're not looking for a moment. We're partnering with a king who is bringing His kingdom. And I just love the heart of what Scott prayed this morning. And, that, that, and, and as Lisa led us, that we are a people. We are a people walking this life together in the power of the Holy Spirit. Partner with what God's doing. Join in with what He's already doing. It's the way of Jesus. It's the way of Jesus. And I know... If, for the most of us that I know in this room, we love Jesus and we want to love him more. So let's do the way of Jesus. And the way of Jesus is this. I only do what I see my father already doing. I put my hand to what he's already doing. I speak what he's already speaking. I, I, I partner with what he's already doing. God's not absent. God hasn't stepped away. God's not judging and, 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 and coming hard after us no matter what political persuasion's in power in our land. Hello, the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus is Lord. He's pouring out his spirit. And as the people of Jesus in the, in the land, we carry a commission like no one else does. Partnering with the heart of God for every context of injustice and poverty and where people are, have been left abandoned and alone. We come with the good news. Jesus is Lord. The kingdom of God is at hand. And you and I have all got a part to play in bringing that kingdom in the power of the Holy Spirit. So there, I just sort of, let's just sort of launch off from there this morning, all right? We get, if we can get that, if we can get that straight, like if we can just hold that before us, I think we'll do all right. And I think God will get glorified. I think people will get saved. I think the poor will be fed. The sick will be healed. Those that are in, in all forms of oppression and depression will get liberated and set free. If we just hold our kingdom commission to bring the kingdom of God, even as it's being brought into the earth. Hello? You got Thank you. Okay. Let's just hold that. Let's hold that posture. It's the way of Jesus. 
Hey, the last few weeks we've been digging into this whole idea of what does it mean now that Jesus is risen from the dead to be a people who walk with a resurrected God in the earth. What does it look like for us as the Jesus people to walk his way with a risen God? And, and so we've been digging into this idea or this theme of what does it mean to build a kingdom life with God? And um, I, I'll just... Um, so, yeah, just, just where we were last week, finishing off there or starting from there where we ended off last week. I love that picture. We do this once a week, don't we? We all take the rubbish out to the curb. It's part of our life. And it's not separated from our, uh, you know, our spiritual life and our natural life. It is part of our life because God has established the heavens and the earth and he's bringing everything together in the lordship of his son, Jesus Christ. And so taking the rubbish out is just as spiritual as sitting here this morning. You get it, don't you, Michael? Taking the rubbish out is just as spiritual as you sitting here this morning. We believe that God is saturating our every moment with his presence. Whether we're taking out the rubbish or laying our hands on someone who's sick and seeing them come and find healing and freedom, Jesus is there right in the thick of it. So this is our part of our core business. And we, we, we left, left off here last week. God's been working miracles throughout history and still does today. As his people, we can walk in his power to bring his kingdom going about our lives naturally. We pray for healing and miracles and we listen to God's voice in all circumstances. I don't know, maybe you met someone on the curb this week when you took the rubbish out because they were taking their rubbish out. Was it more than just a little nod or is that the nature of our relationship that we share with people? Because today I think there's a, there's, a, there's a really fundamental issue that I want us to touch on to this morning that we, we, we wrestle with as Australians and that we wrestle with as people who are trying to come alive to God. You know, Australia as a, as a country, is a, it's a, we are a wonderful nation of people and um, fiercely independent too. Like there's a couple of things about us. It's like Australians are fiercely independent. That's a wonderful strength that we have, but it's also our heel. It's also our here because so we're so fiercely independent, we find it very difficult to let people in, into our heart, into our life. And yet when we're following King Jesus and building a kingdom life, he invites us to partner with what's on his heart. And his heart is not fiercely independent. It's ferociously open and gracious. And he invites us to be like him. The, the key verse I, I, I want us to take home uh, today is from Psalm 68. If you've got your Bible there, grab it in Psalm 68, verse 8. It's just one, one, one verse, but I, but I want you to sort of zero in on this one this morning. Psalm 68, verse 8. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. 
God sets the lonely in families. Loneliness is a massive issue that we as Aussies and as individuals, saved or unsaved, in the church, out of the church, loving the church, hating the church, whatever, having a wonderful experience of a family of origin or a very broken experience of family of origin, loneliness is an issue that is fundamentally everyone's wrestling with. It's a big issue. That's why God's heart and his agenda is that people would come out of the loneliness, out of the isolation, out of the fierce independence and into his kingdom story and family. Now, we all come along to this um, with a sense of some of us have a great experience of family and others haven't. But loneliness is a key issue that I think God's after because he wants to tell a different story. Now, you remember last week we were looking at this little church in Thessalonica. Remember how we looked at this little church in Thessalonica? If you weren't here, it's in 1 Thessalonians 4. And, and Paul's talking to this little church, and, and it's a church that he helped plant. And, hey, if you're going to pray for Nicole and I this, this afternoon, we'd appreciate that. We're, we're going to jump out of here really quick this morning and because um, we've got to get on a plane because we're, we're going to bless a young couple in Sydney who tonight are being commissioned to plant a new church in Toowoomba, a vineyard church in Toowoomba. So pray for us. We're going down there to do that tonight, but um, this afternoon. But Paul's writing to this new new church plant that's that's trying to live the way of Jesus, and he and he says to them, "Hey, core business for you guys. Be ambitious about leading a quiet life. Keep your nose out of other people's business and keep it on your own business. Work with your hands." Love people, and he, and, he, and he says, actually, I don't even have to tell you about having to love each other because God's already, like, teaching you directly how to do that. And he says, and he does it, in, and he says to them, in fact, the way you guys are just choosing to love each other because God is already teaching you and no guru is having to, or mediators having to get between you and God. Jesus himself is teaching you how to love each other well. You know the implication of that? He says all over Macedonia, people are hearing about Jesus because of the way you choose to love each other. You know, we, we often hear this big, oh God, we want to make an impact for the world. Would you know where it starts, don't you? It starts with loving the Jesus people that you're walking with every day. It's being concerned about the well-being of each other and the spiritual battles that we're going through and taking the time to prioritize each other over ourselves. And in the midst of that, somehow, in the economy of God, when we love each other locally well, the world gets touched with a story of God. I, I'm not sure how that works, but it does. God invites us to love each other well in such a way that, that the world somehow is transformed because there's a different story being lived out. Those, those, those weird Jesus people over there, look at the way they care for each other. Look at the way they choose to share their resources, their life with each other. So remember last week, 
Paul said to the little church there in Thessalonians, he says to them, be ambitious about this. Like, like really gun for this one. Go after this one. So my question this, this week, before we really dive into tackling this loneliness issue, is this week, have you in this past week received the love of God from someone other than directly from God, but another Jesus person? Just, t- just take stock. Did someone reach out to you this week? Now, some of you may have a big litany of moments. Others of us might be sitting in the room going, nah, no one reached out to me. What about you this week? Did you reach out to someone else with the love of Jesus, with a practical help, with a with a text message, with a a, a a message of concern, a, hey, a, a, hey, I'm having a coffee, do you want one too? Where, where, did, you, where did you this last week, as, as the Jesus people, reach out to maybe someone else? Whether it was practical or, or pastoral or, hey, I'm, I've just got my head out of, you know, the clouds and I'm actually going to be supernaturally, naturally supernatural. I know you're not well, but I'm going to pray for you. Where did you, where did we reach out to each other this week? If we want to see, if we want to see a region of people come to Christ, there is a, there is a huge dynamic of that happening because the Jesus people choose to love each other. Because God's already been talking to you about that. So my question is, again, where's God been whispering to you? And saying, would you love them for me? Would you just reach towards them? Would you step into the awkward and go, hi, and take a concern for the other, for one another? Where'd you do that this week? Building a kingdom life, it's very simple in many respects. It's not rocket science. But how does it look in the Aussie context? Hey, can I just go to the fourth slide, Lisa? This may or may not be a bit hard to read, and I, I just kind of snapped it off. It's this, These are statistics from 2017. So this is pre, you know, pandemic and the isolation issues that and, and the mental health implications that, have, that, that are now sweeping through our country as a result of uh, the isolation that we've had to live in. But... But just on the left there, basically, this is for um, out of a um, a paper that was written for um, uh, Psychiatry Week in 2017, and so it was trying to get a bit of a snapshot of how are Aussies feeling about the issue of loneliness in in the Australian context. So basically, just on the left there, half of those surveyed, 50%, sometimes or always, feel lonely. So let's just, for a moment, in this room, I don't know, there's probably about 80 of us in here or something like that this morning. About 40 of us are sitting here, even though we're in the room and we're dealing with that very issue. I feel alone. That, that, that's just the fundamental reality, 
It's not I'm making it up stuff. I'm dealing with issues that make me feel isolated and alone. And that's, in, that's, that's here with us. So, let, you know, if you step back from that and sort of increase the, the span of the view on that, let's think about our region, you know. How many people are feeling lonely in our region? Portion of Australians experiencing characteristics of a life of loneliness. How often do you feel that people are around you but not with you? Well, 11% of people surveyed said always, 50% said sometimes. That your interests are not shared by those around you. 10% always, 49% sometimes. Feel left out. You lack companionship. You just feel alone, isolated from others. That your relationships with others are not meaningful. It's, this is how we feel. I mean, this, this may even be in the context of our marriages. In our parenting with our children. In the teaching with our students in schools. There's, there's a loneliness everywhere that we look. So where do the good news Jesus people come? What's our, what's our part in this? Acknowledging that we have, we, we have to deal with this ourselves and yet at the same time we're invited to step into something that, that touches that loneliness with hope and life and resurrection power in such a way that we choose to not live under the lordship of loneliness but under the lordship of Jesus, trusting him with our loneliness and still reaching toward the well-being of others around us. And in doing so, a region of people can hear this and come into this same reality of good news, that Jesus is Lord, not your loneliness. Guys, this is, a, this is like, we, we know what pandemics are like, the big scale of a pandemic. Well, this is in, I think this is endemic in our nation, in our culture, and in the hearts of people. This is why Jesus came to set us free from this and into his kingdom story. Because the psalmist says, God sets the lonely into family. Man, that's a big invitation to live a whole different story, isn't it? To see a country changed. So this morning I just want to touch on what I think are uh, a few little helpful ones. If we, if we can go to um, slide five, that'd be great. Thanks, Lisa. So, ambition. How do we help live out the Jesus story with each other? How do we help touch that loneliness with his message and his ministry that the kingdom of God is here now? and is continuing to come to make thing, all things new. Well, there's, I think there's three simple ways, like three simple ways. It's not, again, like I said, it's not rocket science, and you don't have to be super spiritual to get it. But the first thing is I think we need to pay attention to our heart when it comes to others. Now, for some of us, um, inviting people into our life starts at a heart level. For others of us, we start from a different place, and I'll touch that in a minute. But for some of us, we start at the heart. We, we, we begin to feel 
the compassions of God. Like Matthew 9, 35 to 38 says this, When Jesus made a circuit of all the towns and villages, and he taught in their meeting places, and he reported kingdom news, and he healed their diseased bodies, and he healed their bruised and hurt lives, when he looked out over the crowds, his heart broke. For some of us, when it comes to inviting people into the good news of Jesus, it starts here. It's a heart thing. Can't explain it. We can't even sometimes put words to it. We don't even know what actions to put with that, but we, it just starts here. And we go, oh, sometimes it's like a feeling. It's like, oh, oh. Or we weep or we cry or we, it's, it's an emotional, deeply uh, intellectual, internal work of God. Jesus, in, 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 that, in that passage there in, in Matthew 9, he, he's, his heart broke. In other words, the, the, the real word underneath that is this word of compassion. And that word of compassion literally means it's as if, you know, you've had a, like a really rich meal and it, it sort of grips onto your belly and your bowel and you kind of go, oh. It's like that. It's like that's, that's what compassion means. It's like this... This grip that kind of catches you and it's like takes your breath away almost. It's like, oh, hang on a minute. That there's something not right about this this circumstance, this situation. These they need God. That's that's the carrying the heart of God. It grips you. It catches you. It it moves you toward. That that's what happens. That's what compassion is like. And Jesus looked at them as he's being gripped, and he says. They're so confused. They're so aimless. There's two, two key words, confusion. We have so much cultural confusion right now. And aimlessness. People are just bouncing from one thing to the next, one trend to the next, one relationship to the next. There's this expenditure of, of, of usury, usury of each other's lives that's just like profound at the moment. It's, and it's just growing. It's like they're so confused. They're aimless. They're like sheep without a shepherd. It's like there's no one interested in tending to their well-being and caring for them and protecting, protecting them from the works of the enemy and, and, the, and the, just the corruption of human beings. Where, where are the shepherds? Where are the people that will tend and take an interest? And he says, how few, and this is then the heartache of Jesus, he says, how few are the workers? How few are the people who actually allow their lives to be gripped in the bowels of our hearts for the kingdom of God to come and address the loneliness. It's the heart of, it's the words of Jesus, but it's the, it's the heart of the Father that's coming out of his mouth there when he says, how few, how few are the workers? He's, and then in Eugene Peterson's version of the message, it says, Jesus said, now on your knees and pray. Pray for a harvest. Pray that there would be this big incoming of people into the kingdom of God. And for some of us, it starts there. It starts there. We, we can see ourselves reaching toward others because we feel it here. For, other, for others of us in the room, we're sitting here, we're going, I don't know what you are even talking about. I just can't see myself reaching towards someone because I feel something. Now, 
I heard that little giggle in the, in the crowd there from a guy who's got a white goatee and loves motorbikes. And what he does is he gets on his motorbike and he rides his motorbike a lot. And all the time I see him online, he's like, he invites a few mates in. Can we go to the next slide, thanks? It's an interest that he has or a passion or a joy. or a, it's, it's part of the way God's wired him. And in fact, I think a lot of what he, as much as he loves it, his, his wife's got her own motorbike. She lo- I think she tends to like it more. I think she enjoys the motorbike riding more than he does. But, but they, they're always like on their motorbikes and just saying to people, hey, come for a ride with us. And in the process of that, what they're doing is they're inviting people into their life. They're just welcoming people into the interest base of their life, the way God's made them, the way God's fashioned them, the things they love to spend their time on. So, and again, it's not this moment where somehow the spiritual stuff is up there and separated from the, the natural stuff of down here. No, 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 that's the wrong worldview. Jesus is their Lord as much as they're riding motorbikes, as much as they're here today. Jesus is Lord. He's filling him with them with his spirit and using them to, to touch people and invite people into the good news of God's story for their life. Just through riding motorbikes. What are, what, are, what are some of the things, you know, because some of us in this room right now are going, I, the feely thing, I just, mm, I'm all awkward about that. That's just not me. But, hey, I, I, I do like to do this. I, I love fishing. And I, know, I think there's a few other people that might like to join me in that. Or I love, you know, I love, um, I love cooking a good steak. And I know there's a few around me that in here that like like. A good steak. Maybe next time I'm cooking a steak, I could just, do you want to join, join me in that? And through that, sharing the life of God with each other. What are, what are, the, what are the interests that Jesus has fashioned you with? The, jo- the things that you want to s- spend your spare time on. Those joys. Maybe for some of you, you gave up on paying attention to those things. I want to encourage you, go back and visit them. There's some of the stuff that God put in your heart as a, as, you know, when you're a kid and you, you've kind of, well, because I'm all big and responsible now, I can't ever do that. No, 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 no. Go back and visit that stuff. For some of you, it's writing music, for painting paintings. For some of you, it's gardening. And I, I just love Liz. Liz's not here this morning. I love Liz. She's got a beautiful garden at her house. And she's always just inviting people when she's going into the garden. Just why don't you come into the garden with me? She shares the life of God as they're gardening. What are, what are the things? You know, it might be motorbikes, it might be gardens, it might be art, it might be music, it might be festivals, whatever it is. It might be, you, you know, your, your, your kids or your grandkids are in a particular sport and you love that sport too and it's like, let's go to that sport together. Whatever it is, whatever that interest is. There's, there's another simple pathway. Jesus said, In John 21, the resurrected Jesus, he looked at the interests of his disciples who had given up hope and he took an interest in what they were doing. And he asked them a question in John 21. Have you caught any fish? 
He was interested in their vocation, and he was interested in the result of their time of fishing. Jesus was interested in their fishing. Have you got any fish? Jesus is interested in the way that he's made you and the things that bring you joy. And those interests are a very powerful pathway of inviting people into your life and the story of Jesus. Don't discount those things. Live them for the glory of God. Live them. Pay attention to them. Lean into them and live them. I know there's a lot of people in here who are good coffee. They have great coffee appreciation. Next time you're going down to the coffee shop, invite someone into that with you. So for some of us, it's here in the heart. For some of us, it's like, I don't get that, but I do get the interests thing. I could hang out there and invite people in. I could, I could simply do that. That's not a big step. I can do that. And the, the third one I want to touch on is our homes. For some of us, we just automatically go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on to my house. For others of us, it's like, don't come into my house. That's okay. For those of us who are in a space, it's like, no, don't come to my house. For whatever reason, whether you don't feel like sufficient enough or the house is a mess or whatever the issue is. That we present as the no 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 don't 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 come into my house. Uh, that's okay. It may be the interests, or it may be the compassion thing that you best operate through with the help of the Holy Spirit. But for some of us in the room, you can't think of a better better way of inviting people into your life than hey, come over to my house, our home. Jesus in. Um, it, it, <laughs> Oh, yeah, Luke 19, I love this. He comes into town and he sees a short guy up a tree. And the short guy up the tree, he's not loved by people because he's taken all their money and he's building a nice little home for himself and it's all pretty flash and decked out and everything. And, and, and everyone in town hates him and so they've made sure he couldn't get a view of Jesus coming into town, so he climbs a tree. And what does Jesus say to this guy? He walks towards him and says, hey, he's a kid. Guess what, mate, today... I'm coming to your home and we're going to have lunch. Going to your home and we're going to eat together. Now, they sound like two very practical things. Home and food. Home and mealtime. For some of us in this room, we're like, you know what? I, 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 couldn't, I could do that. I could really invite people. I, I, I need to do that. I want to invite people into my home and have a meal. Eat together. Now, the, the outcome of Jesus eating together in his with Zacchaeus in his house um, was this. The idea of Jesus coming to his home, well, the first thing was he scrambled out of that tree as fast as he could. He's like, you beauty, I have got JC coming to my house. Get that. He couldn't be prouder and more excited. How excited are we about Jesus coming to our house? Well, maybe not our house, maybe our workplace. We're our small business, our schoolroom, our office cubicles with the people we're working in. How excited are we about Jesus turning up and saying, guess what, guys? Today is your day. I'm coming to your place. 
was Zacchaeus, he couldn't, he was over the moon. He was like, you beauty, this is fantastic. JC's coming to my house. And the net result of that, I don't think he knew was what was going to happen. <laughs> but, Jay, but, but Zacchaeus, he, he has an encounter with Jesus. There's no wording in the text as to actually what happened. Only or, or the dynamics of the conversation or was, did he get down on one knee? Did he say a sinner's prayer? Did, he, did the conviction of the Holy Spirit fall apart? It doesn't say. The text doesn't tell us. All it says is JC went to his house, hung out with him. They ate together. The next bit says this. Zacchaeus took everything that he had, that he had taken illegitimately from, away from people through his vocation, said, oh, look, here and now, I give back to everyone what I've taken away illegitimately and unjustly. And I do even more than that. I give it back. And then Jesus says, man, you've, you, you're a son of Abraham. You're part of the kingdom now. You've realized your true identity. Generosity, faithfulness, hope, restitution, justness, all of that flowed out of his life. Now, we don't get much more of the story on his life after that. But anyway, he opened his home. What about the disciples after Jesus had been crucified and they're on their way to a May? Uh, oh, sorry, before we get to there, Jesus goes to Mary and Martha's house. They come to a village and, and, and Mary and Martha are there and they open their home to him in Luke 10. They open their home to him because he was coming to their village. And there's a whole story there of what they did when they were at home. One of them sat at his feet and took on a posture of being a disciple, which was totally radical in those days because it was a woman sitting at a man's feet, posturing herself to say, I want to be your disciple. And unfortunately, in the context of that culture, that was a no-no for women. But Jesus rewrites the story of the good news of the kingdom, doesn't he? For the woman. And says, hang on, you can be a disciple. This isn't about gender. You can be a disciple. And where your gender has been excluded and shut down and shut out, I'm now saying, no, 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 no. You get to do this with me. That's absolutely true. You belong to the kingdom story. You can be a disciple. You can be educated. You can be empowered. You can be taught and educated and given an opportunity to take my good news message to the world. Jesus turns the story on its head. One of them sits at his feet and the other one's running around the house going, what am I going to do? What am I going to feed him? How am I going to do this? It's all right. He was in his. He was in their home. When Jesus came to your, comes to your home. When people you invite people into your home, sometimes we just want to sit with them, and other times it's like we're running around the house like, "What are we going to feed them? What are we going to do?" Ah, it's all right. It all fits in the big mix of it all. You know, this is terribly practical and terribly real life and every day, but this is how Jesus's people deal with. The endemic nature of loneliness in the hearts and the lives of people. We invite people into the story of Jesus that we're already living. As happy or as unhappy as we are with that experience, we invite them into it nonetheless. Heart, interests, home. The home might be a real key pathway for the people that you've been wanting to reach towards 
But what about, I was just going to touch on that last one in Luke 24, where he goes to, Jesus has um, been resurrected, but the disciples are on their way to Emmaus because they still think that he's been dead for three days now, and they didn't hear the news that he'd been risen. Well, they had heard some news, but they couldn't quite believe it. And then Jesus is walking along the road with them, and they end up at, at dinner together that night. And they say, come and eat with us. They didn't even realize it was Jesus. But as he broke the bread, their eyes were opened. And they went, it's Jesus. Jesus is alive. Even in the moments of our most profound sense of depression and hopelessness and dreams gone dry, Jesus loves to come to our home and sit with us and eat with us that we would realize his good news loving kingdom is interested in the very practical realities of our daily doing life. Were not our hearts burning within us when he talked with us, when he opened the scriptures to us? People come alive in moments around dinner tables with Jesus. Who have we invited into our home When it comes to building a kingdom life, is it the interests, is it the compassion stuff, or is it our home that Jesus is speaking to us? Because where those things intersect, if we go to the next slide, there's the fruit. God sets the lonely in family. God's made room for you. To be a part of his family. And the way he did that was he sent his son Jesus to bring the good news of the kingdom. Jesus, the father made room for you to be a part of his family. Who have we made room for? In this season of our life, who is the Holy Spirit asking us to make room for? And not like, just like, Oh, yeah, I make room for them over there. But no, no, I make room for them, Lord. Show me how to invite them into my life. I want to partner with what you do where you set people into family, into the good news of your kingdom. You know, we've been walk- a lot of people have been walking around and scratching their heads and like, why is there a dinner table set up in the middle of that room over, the- over here? It's trying to speak a message to us that I think the Holy Spirit's on. Don't look for the big move of God. Just invite someone to dinner. Just invite someone into your interests. Just invite someone into the story that you're already living with Jesus as Lord. And the way that in the way that we do that, it tells a better story that the world would know. The good news, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. My hope and my prayer is that at the moment we would just, you know, humble ourselves enough to go, well, Lord, is it, is it the heart thing that you want to talk to me about today? Because I've been trying to ignore it. I know you're putting them on my heart and I feel it and I want to, tend to their well-being and care for them, but I've just been trying to ignore it. Is that where the Holy Spirit's speaking to you today? 
Is Jesus speaking to your heart? Or is the Lord giving you a vision and a picture of how he's made you with these wonderful passions and joys and things that you love to spend your time, energy and resource on because they bring you great life and joy and you connect with God and, and, and you, this morning the Lord's birthing pictures in your head and your heart to go, you know what? Next time I do this, I know that I know that person over there would I reckon they'd appreciate an invite to come and join me the next time I'm doing this. Is that is that where is that where the Holy Spirit's talking to you this morning? Your interests. Or what is it the home, the conversation about home? You know the Lord's been wanting to talk to you about using your home, inviting people into your home. JC's coming to town and he's like, guess what? I want to come to your house. I want to come into your home. Who are we going to invite with us to come into our home and share, share life with? Let's just close our eyes for a moment. I really sincerely want you to connect with that conversation that God is having with you right now. Heavenly Father, I I thank you for your presence this morning in this room. I thank you for the generous invitation of your your love into relationship with you that lives a kingdom story there's this gracious work of your holy spirit here this morning so for each and every one of us firstly lord we want to say thank you that you made room for us to come into your kingdom family through the sending of your son jesus and in the stillness of this moment we want to say Lord Jesus, be my king. I give you my life. Would you please give me your life? Thank you. We want to say thank you that you've made room for us. Now, Lord Jesus, as our king, help us to invite others into this good news story of freedom forgiveness, healing, and out from the powers of isolation. Be they in our heart, in our head, in our relationships, or in the spirit realm around us. Bring your kingdom, Lord, and break the powers of isolation and loneliness. Establish the joy of your kingdom. That's it. Let the Lord show you what that looks like in in yourself and in your circumstance. Let him paint that picture for you right now. He's a good God. Thank you that you set us free from the wash of loneliness and isolation. 
and thank you that you bring us into your family. Heart, interests, home, family. Now I want to invite you. If you, if you, this is like this is where we do business. But if the conversation you want to acknowledge the conversation you're having with Jesus right in this moment of His invitation to you in this in this very nature of being a disciple, and, and you want to say yes, yes, I hear you, Lord. Yes. I'll walk with you into this, Lord. Would you would you just stand up right where you are? Because we want to pray for you this morning as you choose to say, yes, Lord. Just where you are. Heart, interests, home. Just place your hands out in front of you because I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the conversation that you're having with all of us in the room. But right now,